months and months of work have led to this the fantasy football playoffs we let you know who you can and can't trust for the big dance all this and more on tonight's in between fantasy football podcast because i've been in tune out of touch coming off the bench trying to shake the funk check your stat line see who's up that over under hit too clutch and i'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest sweet sleeping on a trick play predicting all of my moves like they seen every play so i'm running it back head down get out of my way and it's for the law with only one thing to do i guess i'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you what they don't Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right. It is December 12th, 2023. The NFL season, it's brought us quite the storylines, folks. We got an Italian fella running around New Jersey. We got Patrick Mahomes looking mortal. And is Tyreek Hill the MVP? We're going to chat about all that tonight. My name is Seth Wilcock, and I am joined by quite the cast of characters. Riding Shotgun is the man going to head-to-head with me in the IBT Office League Championship this week, Eric Romoff. Eric, what's up? How are we doing tonight? And uh, I hope you enjoy your last week of being a non-loser. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna be feeling a lot better next week when I'm flying that victory flag. I have no idea how you keep doing this. We've talked about this on the show, but like every single week, you've been the the second to lowest scorer. And then kudos last week came out and just absolutely boat raced us. I had my first sweat of the year, so wouldn't have it any other way than for us to go head to head for the whole thing. Absolutely. Well, I'm happy to have you here tonight with us. And also joining us, folks, is an absolute treat. The inaugural FSWA Hall of Famer. Inaugural means first. Senior writer at the game day. Fantasy writer for the Seahawks. Host on SiriusXM and Roto Baller. He's Scott Angle. Scott, how are we doing tonight? It's so good to have you on the program. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It, uh, it's great to be here as we get the fantasy playoffs started. Uh, let's let's get in the huddle like the Legion of Boom did and just go, who's got your back? I got your back. Who's got your back? I got your back. Who's got that sway? I got that sway. Sway, sway, sway. We got to get fired up for the fantasy playoffs. Let's go. Let's go. And, and Scott, are you joining us from the New York City area? Is that correct? Yes. Uh, Queens, New York. Not far from City Field. Hopefully it'll be the home of Yamamoto, but uh, I don't know about that. There we go. Missed out on the show. Hey, sweepstakes, but you do have Tommy DeVito in town. How are we feeling uh, about the Italian stallion, Tommy Cutlets? How's it shaking out there? What are the vibes like in New York City? Well, uh, I don't think the Mets were ever in on Otani, but as far as Tommy DeVito, it's it's like for those who've watched the NBA for a little while, it's like insanity around here, you know, and uh, yes, you know, he's just really captured everybody's imagination. Fantasy wise and NFL wise, you know, this could be short lived, but you got to 
enjoy it while while it while it's happening. You know, people people are excited about the Giants, and I don't think you can say that in the, like the last ten years. You know, yeah. they've they, they've started to embrace a player, but you know, you got to be careful both real life and in fantasy because as we've seen with Josh Dobbs, sometimes these backup quarterbacks, as soon as there's enough film on them, they kind of fizzle out. Not saying it will happen, yeah, but it could yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely a risky game. We'll talk about it later uh, in in the scope a little more about on Tommy DeVito, the Italian stallion. But I'm glad to hear the vibes are, are going well out there. I, I'm sure the sub shops are just uh, selling out right now, Eric. Yeah, absolutely right. Like, I mean, everyone loves a, a hometown kid and an underdog story, and and Tommy DeVito is checking all the boxes. And for for Giants fan, like. You know, th- this was this was looking like an entirely lost season. I still don't expect them to really make any, you know, uh, meaningful noise down the stretch yeah. run, but like a super fun storyline to get this fan base circled around. A little gabagoo. What do you think? What, what do you think, Scott? A little gabagoo for you? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's fun to see. I mean, you know, I'm a Mets fan and a Knicks fan, but otherwise, I'm a Seahawks fan. It's it's just you know, the the Giants and the Jets have been down for so long. Just yeah. to see them rally around a player, and I kind of know the feeling with the Knicks. You know, when when Julius Randle first had that comeback Player of the Year uh, sort of run, it's you know sometimes the, the city will rally around the player. Like right now, mm-hmm. Jalen Brun- Brunson doesn't have to pay for a meal anywhere in New York City yeah. right now, and probably Juan Soto won't have to either. So uh every everybody wants wants a chicken cutlet right now. Uh, you know, I think I'm more in the mood for maybe a meatball sub, but uh that's what everybody wants. There we go. Well, I'm excited to have you and capture that little uh, New York City vibe here this week. Uh, Looks like we got some IBT family members in the chat. Tyler, what's up, man? Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. We got the Fantasy Football Advice Network joining us as well. We appreciate you guys over there. And uh, thank you guys for the continued support here on the channel. We're continuing to grow. Also over on the website, we have a lot of great content coming out for you, whether you enjoy the Fantasy Football, the, the, the Fantasy NASCAR, and betting scene over there pga's in a little bit of a lull until january but we still got some blogs hitting the scenes for that and then uh entertainment content if you need that scoop over there on what's uh what's streaming right now we got it for you scott yeah uh you know and i'm into all of that uh i was telling you guys you know i'm a i'm a dfs nascar player but i'm nowhere near as good as my son uh sean angle of of guru elite uh, you know, check check him out at at, at Shawnee two two four seven, twelve time DraftKings tournament winner in DFS NASCAR. There we go. go. He's got me beat by about nine. So uh, shout out, Sean. Uh, Definitely excited to get him on the back road sometime this upcoming season. Looks like we got Albert in the chat as well already. What's up, Albert? Good to see you, man. Uh, Guys, let's go ahead and jump into the fancy football trustometer and uh, talk about who's going to burn us and who can we ride with into the fancy football sunset here. Uh, Let's talk about it in temperature check. Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy s***. All right. So hot. 
And let's talk about some quarterbacks who haven't been so hot lately. Let's start with Tua. Uh, how are we feeling about Tua, gentlemen? Because as of week seven, he's the QB 25 on a per points per game basis, single digits in Tua's last three games. And he's got the Jets, Dallas, and Baltimore coming up, Scott. That terrifies me. I wouldn't say it terrifies me. It does concern me. Let's see how healthy Tyreek Hill is. The thing with the Dolphins is, and I was talking about this on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio this morning on Roto Bowl Radio. It's it's the Dolphins are very good at what they do, but they're also very predictable. And when That's you face a good defense like the Jets, you're not going to put up the numbers. But you know we've seen with Seattle two weeks ago that that Dallas is not exactly a shutdown defense, and neither the Ravens. The yeah, Ravens have been yeah. getting, giving up a lot of points either. So I'm more concerned about that Jets game, and I am I want to see how Tyreek Hill's ankle is. My worry with the Dolphins overall is how do they adjust when they play from behind, when they face a defense that – because all, all it is, it's, 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 they're great, they're fun to watch, but it's the same thing every time you watch them. Yeah. And it's either <laughs> stop it. We're so good at this, you try to stop it. And, you know, when they face an opponent that can stop it, I get concerned about that. But it's really hard to bench Tua Tonga Viola with the, with the weapons he has and how good that offense is. I'd probably still start him against Baltimore and Dallas. Uh, but, you know, we, we saw that, you know, without Tyreek Hill, that offense just becomes totally different. Comes a little bit more flat, a little bit more one-dimensional, uh, certainly. Eric, on a scale from one to ten, where is your trust at for Tua? I'd say I'm probably like a maybe a lukewarm five. Maybe I don't have much faith. I, I think I'm good. I, I I would probably put him at like a six and a half or seven. That that Jets game is certainly the one to to be most concerned about. But okay. as I've uh, as I've been banging the drum all season, happiness is a function of expectation. Tua has been playing. You know, at least if you factor out this last game, which was uh, actually statistically his worst on the year, he's been playing pretty much up to the level that you were expecting, right? You know, prior to this week, he was QB 13 on uh, on points per game average, 18.4 fantasy points. That's perfectly fine for what you drafted Tua to be, right? So, like, the, the, the theory is you should have enough pieces around him to where, you know, kind of back-end QB 1 play is going to be sufficient. But also... Look at the quarterback landscape out there today. Like, yeah, there, there, there are not many guys that you're going to feel better about than than two attacks heading down the stretch run, right? Like, we're, I think we're at 54 different quarterbacks that have started games so far this year. We're probably going to see 55 and 56 this week. I mean, like, it is an absolute war zone out there. So, <laughs> getting a guy that can stay healthy and can get you, you know, into the high teens, low 20s, pretty reliably is, I mean, that's at a premium heading into the playoffs right now. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you make a good point, man. It, it's just been it's been tough. If you if you are a two manager, I don't know if you're in the playoffs right now because it has been a little disappointing down the stretch. Uh, looks like we have Stacy saying hi, guys. Good to see you, Stacy. Thanks for tuning in. We got Mr. Scampers. Hello. Hello. IBTers. Good to see you, Scamps. And who commenting on the stash? I'm, I'm surprised Ooh. it took this long. I've been sporting it for a couple weeks. I was trying to go full beard with it. Can't couldn't commit. I had to shave the, the rest of it. I'm just going stash here on out. So trying to be like Scott and Eric out here and 
I just can't yet. Uh, I'm just a little too young yet. I field field Yates told me Scott that it, I would probably be 30 and I, I will still want to grow a beard. I, I was hoping no. this could be the year. It, it doesn't seem that, like you, this. You just gotta you just gotta believe in yourself. No, just more. don't shave for the next 10 years. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm too, I'm too impatient. <laughs> That's I'm 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 the no. guy who dropped Dak Prescott this year. I'm the I'm the definition of impatience. Oh no. Here. So. Switchy. Wow, that is that is impatient. <laughs> yeah, it w- Eric. I, Eric had to sit here like for two weeks in a row telling me not to do it, and I just I, I yeah, gonna help it. Uh, looks like uh, Mr. Scamper saying losing Connor Williams is mm. huge, absolutely, and uh, that whole offensive line is banged up. Yeah, four. I think they had four backups in here on on Monday night, and I think that paid a uh, big dividends there. Uh, and hoove to feeling the Foxworthy. Yeah, yeah, I guess a little Jeff Foxworthy action. That, that's not not a terrible comp. Uh, <laughs> how are we feeling, Eric, about Patty Mahomes? And there's a conversation going around the internet right now. He's the biggest bust of the season. I don't think it is. I think it's T. Higgins for me. Um, but quarterback 17 on a points per game basis since week seven. Is there any love for, for Patrick Mahomes? New England, Las Vegas, and Cincinnati a pretty good good schedule after New England here. Does he go scorched earth though and just cuz he's pissed off and 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 takes revenge here? Yeah, so stop me when you've heard this before. Happiness is a function of expectations. Based on where you draft Patrick Mahomes, you are you are not feeling good about the the productivity you've gotten so far. <laughs> I I don't think there's any any cause for looking for alternatives, right? I've I've answered a ton of questions of Patrick Mahomes or X already through the, the early part of this week. And I, that's, you know, very much so uh, a knee jerk reaction. And look, I, I think, you know, we, we can walk down narrative street and say that, you know, he's going to be out there with a chip on his shoulder and have a point to prove. And, and there, there may be some credence to that. Mm-hmm. I think the bigger things to consider a, his matchups down the stretch run are absolutely glorious. And B, it feels like, it feels like they, they've really come to the realization that getting the ball to Rashi yep. Rice yep. is is their most viable option outside of Travis Kelsey, right? Like they were they're kind of dipping their toe in over the course of the season, and it feels like this last week the the light bulb really went off where their passing game needs to go almost exclusively through Travis Kelsey and Rashi Rice, and I think that will help point the arrow up for for Mahomes down the stretch. Scott, I, I think I'm 100 with Eric here. Uh, at least that there is some upside because Rice saw a career high in snaps. He saw a career high in routes ran here in week 14. Do you think we've seen the worst of Patrick Mahomes? Do you think that's behind us? I think what you look for in Patrick Mahomes right now is a solid floor. And if you get getting explosive games, you're not necessarily expecting it as much as you used to, but you will mm-hmm. take it as a bonus. I think with the schedule, uh, that that he can he's not going to hurt you. How much he's going to help you, I don't even know. With this wide receiver room out of Rusty Rice, he can be as pissed off as he wants. He's not going to be able to pose his will like he did in the past. And probably the wide receiver room is part of the reason why he's pissed off. And you know, I, I saw some NFL expert actually say that that experts actually say that was out of frustration because. Outside of Rashi Rice, this is this is a terrible wide receiver room. They were mediocre last year, and now they're worse than mediocre. It's like, how can losing Juju Smith-Schuster 
actually make a wide receiver crew work. It was it was baffling oh to me. But it, Mahomes is not going to be the explosive guy that you drafted in the third round. But yeah. he's not going to hurt you either. And there might be a spike game or two ahead. Okay, I you know, and it's funny because I've always been the biggest MVS hater, and MVS isn't even the problem because they don't really give him the ball. It's more Justin Watson can't fucking catch, and they keep feeding him like so much. It's just terrible. It's third on the team in targets right now with forty. Kadarius Tony just hurts his team in every way with the negative plays, and Sky Morley can't get open to save his life. Like he's up there with the guys running a ton of routes and just getting no separation at all. 76 among Scott, wide receivers. Sky Moore is good for a screen pass once every two weeks. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. His name is screen more because he can't catch anything else. Yeah, it's like I, we were getting better production back in the day when there was still Tyreek Hill. But like even from those third and fourth fiddle guys. Even like Byron Pringle was better than the guys. McCall Hardman. Yeah, McCall yeah. Hardman. Like all these th- these junk players. So um it it sounds like we're kind of like i would say a seven would probably be my confidence in in patrick Mahomes. seven and a half maybe rest rest of the way scott do you do you have a a number that digresses from that i I think i think i'm with you you know i'm I'm not looking for these explosive games but you know i'm not taking them out of my lineup either okay Let's go to the kansas city backfield this is a pretty interesting late developing story in the week no, Isaiah Pacheco led to exactly what I think we kind of thought it would. Eric Clyde Edwards-Alaire getting more of the rushing opportunity, but Jared McKinnon had that t- touchdown equity with him. Uh, saw three targets, got four rushing attempts for McKinnon, uh, finishes the day with 45% of the snaps. And, you know, if you had to plug either of these guys in, I don't think you'll, like, it, you're not mad about it. They got you about what you could expect. Now it's New England, Las Vegas, and Cincinnati, as pointed out. Pretty good run schedule outside of uh, outside of New England. There, Cincinnati has been a lot better against the run in recent weeks. So, uh, where are we at here on this backfield? If no Pacheco moving forward, yeah, I mean it's it's fine for uh, for like a flex fill in, right? Like if if you are the Isaiah Pacheco manager, um, you know either of these guys are are viable options. Um, you mentioned McKinnon. You know he got the he got the score, so obviously his fantasy production is going to look. Uh, a little bit more flashy, but realistically, these guys split the the time on the field almost perfectly down the middle. Yep, Jerick McKinnon forty five percent of snaps, Ceh forty eight. Um, Ceh was far and away the more involved ball carrier, sixty five percent of rushing attempts compared to twenty four percent for uh, for for McKinnon. The thing that was kind of surprising, both of them had an eleven percent target share, right? Like, yeah, you would think that the yeah. the line of demarcation would be much more passing work for McKinnon, but I mean, look if if Ceh is gonna is gonna see more rushing opportunity and he's gonna catch a couple passes, I would probably err on that side if I had to pick between the two. But realistically, like if you know if if you are if you have Pacheco on your bench, either of these guys can at least help you kind of tread water until he gets healthy. How do you feel about it, Scott? Yeah, I don't think we're treading water. I think we're drowning with uh, Clyde Edwards-Solaire. Uh, <laughs> oh. Confidence meter, maybe four. Okay. Uh, if if we were playing in a league where fantasy mediocrity, we were looking <laughs> for that, he'd be the first overall pick. Just like the yardage wasn't there, he doesn't get in the end zone. Six starts last year, average four, 
43 yards rushing per game loss. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hasn't been anything in fantasy since his NFL debut. You know, maybe once every five, six yeah. weeks, he'll have a decent game. McKinnon's got to get in the end zone. He didn't get the receptions this week. Like, if if I have to start either one of these guys in the fantasy playoffs, I'm starting to think about my fantasy baseball draft. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Get those uh, NASCAR DFS lineups set as well. Yeah. Well, what is what is Daytona? Yeah. <laughs> When's that race at the Coliseum? Yeah. Yeah. Let's start looking. Let's start looking ahead because you know, the, the 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 running game is a second thought to this team. Uh, you know, they need two running backs to replace Pacheco and one's mediocre and the other one has no floor. It's, you know, they're probably at least 30 guys. I'm going to rank over them this week. So don't get Q is what I'm saying or what you, what you're saying. It sounds like, how about don't get CEH. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fair, fair let me be clear about something. I'm talking about these players as fantasy guys. I don't say things yes. like they're not good at football because, being a fantasy producer and being an NFL player are two different things. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I appreciate that. Uh, the, the clarification. We got Austin. This is my brother in the chat saying Mahomes is going to win out and throw four hundred plus next week. He he's been a ride or die with Mahomes this season. Has a great team, you know, kind of in spite of him, not because of him. It seems like. And uh, Hoove Tube, the monologue there from Scott on CH got him got him cracking up a little bit. So. Uh, let's talk about Devin Singletary. Is this a guy we would maybe consider starting uh, above the likes of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jarrett McKinnon? 57% of snaps here. They pulled the old switcheroo again on us. It's so frustrating because a lot of people started him in week uh, number 13, got dumped on, and then comes out, has a pretty nice game, Eric. This has been your guy for a long time, but we still saw Dere Agumba-Wally, 29% of snaps. Uh, most red zone snaps and targets. So for Singletary on the team, Tennessee, Cleveland, Tennessee is up next for him. Where's your confidence on him? Yeah, pretty, pretty low. I guess to your, to your first question, he's probably going to fall right around that same range as, as the, the chiefs ball carriers, right? Uh, high twenties, best case, you know, low to mid thirties. Realistically, the, the issue is really twofold, right? Like, well, I'll say it's threefold. Um, CJ Stroud is in the concussion protocol largely this year that has uh, at least primarily led to one game absence we'll we'll see how he progresses through the the practice reports this week but you know obviously if he's not out there this this offense isn't nearly as effective with davis mills under center then you have the reality that this is probably going to be a three-way split for the majority of this restaurant i I do think singletary continues to get the the lion's share of that opportunity but splitting three ways is obviously going to limit his upside and then the thing that really, you know, really gives me concern is is that schedule. Tennessee, Cleveland, Tennessee is a murderer's row of of run defenses that he's facing. So, you know, even if he is going to get, you know, 55, 60, maybe maybe he sees a walk up to 65% of of the workload or the of the opportunity in that backfield. I mean, he's going to have a tough time sledding against those three teams. He's he's not going to see the 5 yards per carry that he put up last week. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to feel great, but you know, if if he's if he's the best option, I mean, he's a he's a low end kind of flex guy. Any love, Scott? Any love for the kid? Yeah, uh, respectfully, Eric. Tennessee used to be part of the murderers' row, but since losing Jeffrey Simmons, they're not as scary against the run. 
Yeah. We saw the Miami running backs just tearing big holes in, in that defense uh, last night uh, as we record this. Singletary, you know, if they get down near the end zone, he'll likely be the goal line back. I like him okay as a flex. I'd rather use him than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in fantasy. Uh, yep. You know, he's – I think he's got like three touchdowns in his last five games. Uh, when we talk fantasy – we usually don't mention Dario Gobulier, so credit to you guys. I I don't see him as a threat. You know, we've talked about biggest busts. Two of the biggest busts this year at running back, Damian Pierce and Miles Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Damian Pierce is not a threat anymore. Uh, Devin Singletary playing better fantasy-wise than he did in Buffalo in the past. I, I like him as a flex. You know, Cleveland, you know, not a great matchup, but – you know, they, as Fantasy Pros just pointed out, they do miss a lot of tackles. So, respectfully, I do disagree with Eric on okay. the schedule here. And I think he could be a decent play. I like it. Yeah. And I, the only reason I bring up Dare is because it's fucking annoying seeing him out there 29% of the time. It's like, yeah, you, know, but you can't expect Singletary to get 80% of the snaps. No, no, you're, you're right. It, he gets I, the, the highest quality carries. I think this has been like a big Joe Boo backfield for us like all season because Eric was all in on Pierce coming into the year and then we shifted to Singletary honestly before the public did for a long time and we've been riding the wave but it's just been up and down but uh, I have a lot of Singletary so I'm going to believe what Scott said and we'll leave it at that here uh, with the Houston backfield. What about the Seattle backfield? This is another one that all of a sudden we have a little bit of pause. Charbonnet looked like the better runner in week 14, but Walker had four catches for 33 yards in this one. Scott, what is your confidence level on Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet? You check out my latest uh, Seahawks.com fantasy inside. I cover the whole league, but I lead with Kenneth Walker this week. Some people might not be confident in him after seeing rushing for 21 yards, but that was a a brutal matchup in his first game back from a quadriceps injury. Still, you know, did this guy just did everything he can to make tacklers miss juke leap, yeah. somersault, whatever he can. He's electric. And people will look at this Eagles defense and say, Oh, bad matchup. The Eagles have actually ranked 26 in fantasy points per fan in rushing yards allowed to running backs over the last four weeks. They're not a shutdown run defense. And the pass defense, 29th in the league, you know, that'll set them up for some short yardage. Charbonnet had two good runs. He was quiet the rest of the day. This is still Kenneth Walker's backfield. My con- kind of a tough schedule remaining, but my confidence level in him is about at an eight. Okay, I love it. And I I think the one play in that game that really showed uh, a little bit of Kenneth Walker's dynamics was he caught the ball and he was way behind the line of scrimmage and totally reversed the field and ended up getting maybe, what, 10, 12 yards out of it. I was just amazed. I was like, oh, my God. It's like he ran 20 yards (laughs) laterally and then 12 yards ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Eric, any digression for you on uh, the confidence level for Kenneth Walker here? Philly, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, my Pittsburgh Steelers to close it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely in lockstep with with Scott here, right? Um, Kenneth Walker is is certainly uh, the preferred option in that backfield. Uh, I agree that you can have a, a pretty high level of confidence in him uh, down down the stretch run, right? Um, you know, the the floor is is certainly 
much higher, but with with that with that high motor type of running style that he he, he brings on every single play that the kid takes no plays off. The, the the upside is is still there, and this is a Seattle team that you know they they really made it a point of emphasis to you know give him opportunities when they're in scoring position through you know his yeah. his young career. So I mean it's it's hard to find that that combination of floor and upside. So you know for the for the upcoming three or four weeks, depending on how your your playoffs are formatted. I mean, you have to feel pretty good firing up Walker. Yeah, Charbonnet is a compliment. He's still learning. Uh, you know, you see him break off a good run or two, but you know, then, then for a while, it's just two yards, two mm-hmm. yards, mm-hmm. three yards, three mm-hmm. yards. You know, he's not as explosive as Walker. They wanted to have him as that physical compliment to Walker. I think you know, Charbonnet is somebody more I want in the dynasty than the seasonal. Right now, from a betting perspective, Scott, would you be betting on the Seahawks to make the playoff? I'm not. I'm not sure w- what the line is right now, but is that something you would be invested in? Uh, why you ask me this? <laughs> no, I don't think it's happening. Oh, okay. They, they 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 lose to Philadelphia. You know, then they fall to six and eight, and then you figure they probably win one of their last three. They're they're eight and nine team. It's you know it's been it's been a frustrating season. I like them still. Like like DK Metcalf has kind of come to fruition a little bit. I called him a potential league winner uh, about a month or so ago. So been happy to see that. But oh, yeah, fantasy hope- wise, you love it. I mean, yeah, you love Jackson Smith and Jigba in the slot against the Eagles this week. Yeah. 100%. Great matchups coming up. Um, but as far as the real life prospects of, of the Seahawks playoff chances. We'll see. Um, speaking of seeing and speaking of my Pittsburgh Steelers, let's talk about it. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. Scott, can you make sense of this? Because this is just so frustrating. It's kind of dead even as far as snaps and touches. We know Najee's going to see more red zone work. Warren's going to get a little more targets. Maserati Mitch loves to throw to the running backs. But vibes just aren't great in Pittsburgh out here. Indy, Cincinnati, Seattle, three sweet-ass matchups. But I'm feeling a little bummed out, a little bummed out about this uh, Pittsburgh backfield. Wow, Maserati Mitch. (laughs) How how about that? To me, it's more like Mad TV Mitch. Mitch. I, I have no confidence in this offense with Mitch Trubisky at the controls. I don't care what the matchups are. Some players can't take advantage of matchups. Teams will load up against the running game. They won't have scoring opportunities. The only player I really want to start is Deontay Johnson. This is a bad offense with Mitch Trubisky. I mean, you guys were chanting for Mason Rudolph. I know, I know, dude. Maybe Maserati Mason is more <laughs> more like it. You know, it's it, it's just it's just the Mitch Trubisky is just not good. I hate to say it, you know it. And for as a Steelers quarterback, it was like I'd say I don't want to talk players down as NFL players, yeah. but it's just it's really bad. You know, if this offense can get on track, it's a timeshare with Najee Harris maybe score more than touchdowns and Jalen Warren getting more of the receptions, but you know, it's just more like macaroni, Mitch. <laughs> yes, sir. N- not even the craft brand, huh? Just the, the off no. brand. Yeah, just uh, yeah, like whatever you find in Dollar General. <laughs> little, little chef's covered over there, uh, macaroni Mitch. I love it. Uh, 
so definitely like Singletary, Clyde, Jarrett McKinnon, any of these guys over Najee and Jalen Warren, at least for this week, you think? Indy's the matchup? Well, we don't know if Najee's playing or not. Yeah, I guess I guess you that's know, true. If if Jalen's all alone, you you are starting him, but oh yeah, over Clyde Edwards Hilaire, like you know for sure. I mean, Indianapolis doesn't have a good run defense, but you know I'm, with Trubisky a quarterback, like how many touchdown opportunities did Najee Harris have? Yeah, it's like yeah, Tr- Trubisky makes makes Zach Wilson look like a Pro Bowler. <laughs> Honestly, I would love Zach Wilson gets. right now in, in Pittsburgh. I, like, I, I don't think we have one a game. Let's not get crazy. Hey, I'll just yeah. say it was a like I'd rather have Tommy DeVito, Zach Wilson, Jake Browning. Like, like I don't think we have a top forty-five quarterback. That, that that I mean, even when Kenny's healthy. So vibes aren't great. Hey, Cam it, Newton it, says boy. he can still play. So <laughs> let's go. Call up, uh, call up old Bob Griffin. He's putting out those uh, those workout tapes still, right? Dude, yeah. I would take Bob. I would take Big Ben. Like, get Big Ben back out there right now, Eric. Let's big sign ben. that. I mean, Big Ben's got to be like four hundred pounds right now. So is Flacco. <laughs> Flacco's still slinging it out there. Yeah, Flacco's been terrific these last two games. Yeah. He's actually a good fantasy backup for the playoffs because you, you have to have insurance. You never know who can get injured. I, I, yeah, I, I. A lot of times people draft and not draft a backup quarterback, but we've seen so many go down that you want to have a good one for the playoffs. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, so what? Round it out. Let's call it a four, a three for these running backs. S- Scott might be in a two. He does not like macaroni Mitch at the controls here. Call it a two, three. I, I, I would say with, with Warren, I'm at a four. Harris, I'm at a three. Okay. All right. Scott has spoken. Let's talk Ravens. Odell Beckham Jr., he's cashed in lately. Uh, so has Zay Flowers and Isaiah Likely. And kind of without Mark Andrews, we're getting a little bit of concentration of these targets to these guys. We're still seeing a lot of Rashad Bateman. Nelson Aguilar still poking his you know, little can't-catch-a-ball grabby hands in the pie a little bit as well. But uh, are these the games we should expect with the Ravens moving forward, Scott? Because... I don't know if we, they'll be thrown 40 plus times much, but it is the Jaguars, 49ers and Dolphins. Like those are the, the matchups that might make them throw this much again. Yeah. You know, Jacksonville, one of the worst teams against tight ends. who you like likely this week. I see what I did there. Back to back. Like <laughs> likely. Like I like likely. You know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing there, but, uh, you know, he's going to get more involved with the offense. Odell Beckham Jr. should be the top fantasy waiver wire pickup and wide receiver. Uh, I do a waiver wire column on the game day.com every week. And I was, I started recommending Beckham like three weeks ago. This, yeah. Beckham is recapturing a lot of his past form and he's easily the best wide receiver that Lamar Jackson has been missing and has ever played with. Uh, he's gotten a lot of targets recently, uh, 90 plus yards, I think, in two of his last three games. The targets haven't translated a lot of catches. They will, but there's splash plays there. Lamar Jackson is like, wow, look at this. An open wide receiver <laughs> downfield. Bam. You know, it's the you know, Odell Beckham Jr. Just like a must start, almost a must start fantasy wide receiver three for me or flex fill in. Uh, I wouldn't oh, yeah. say must start. I shouldn't say that, but. Clo- you know, I, in a two strong, flex or three wide receiver league. Yeah. Strong, strong consideration for fantasy wide receiver three. Every weekend, 
you know, I had a chance to do a sit down interview with Odell for like an hour when it was with the Giants. Ooh. I don't care what anybody says about him. He, he's a good dude, and I'm I'm happy to see him playing well. And uh, he's a real key for that that Ravens team. Zay Flowers kind of just used to be like, okay, let's throw him a screen and see if he can get eight yards. And now he's he's starting to improve. His route tree is starting to expand. So I think Baltimore is going to be scary because it seems like they're coming together at the right time. So that's good for them betting-wise in terms of, you know, second-best odds to win the Super Bowl. Although I think whoever wins the AF, NFC is winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Good odds to win the the, the NF, AFC championship. They're the most most they're the best team in the AFC right now, and you also have to ride with them fantasy wise. They've been I think they've scored thirty points in like five of their last six games. They've been heating up. Eric, are you as optimistic on OBJ, Zay Flowers, and likely as our friend Scott here? And uh, where would you put them on the trust o meter? Yeah, I'm I'm equally as as bullish, right? Um, I think I think likely is probably going to be the most inconsistent of the lot, um, but still, you know, very much so in in starting tight end uh, territory every single week in in these plus matchups like the ones that he has coming up this week. You know, has has uh, has some upside to be inside the top five or top three of the position, right? So you love to see that out of a tight end. Uh, their their usage of Odell Beckham's kind of interesting, right? Because they're they're not running him out there a ton of the time, right? In, in his last game, fifty seven percent of snaps, thirty three the week before, fifty two yeah, the week before. Yeah. But when he's out there, they're getting him the ball. His target per route run is insane over this last three week stretch. Basically, the time since Mark Andrews exited in that game against Cincinnati, uh, we've been seeing Odell Beckham not not running more routes, but when he's out there, his utilization is significantly higher. And a similar story with Zay Flowers, right? Like in in those two full games with uh, with Mark Andrews on the sideline, Zay Flowers has a 33% target share. He's averaging over 20 PPR points per game, right? So like, you know, the the, the point that the, the word that you use that really summarizes this is concentration, right? This this offense is really focused on these three guys as the core pieces. So you can definitely fire them up with a, a ton of confidence. I mean, I'd say... Uh, on on aggregate of the lot, I'm probably seven and a half, eight on the on the confidence scale. Um, you know, specifically if you're looking for floor, I mean, Zay Flowers has to be all the way up there, eight, maybe eight mm-hmm. and a half. If you're looking for that upside, you know, likely and and Odell Beckham are probably a little bit higher, but they're they're also a little bit more risky. A lot better than the freaking backfield right now, I'll tell you that, because they're I mean, Justice Hill's just out there burning snaps like. Why is Justice Hill for a competitive team? team. Yeah, dude. It's <laughs> I don't get it. Uh let, let's round it out here uh with some Falcons. Drake London and Kyle Pitts. London was just a man among boys versus Tampa Bay. Career game, high in receptions, yards, and fancy points. Kyle Pitts. We we love what we're seeing target wise, or we like it a little bit more. 14 targets over the past two weeks but kind of just scored on a busted coverage here. So it's hard to put a lot of faith into it, especially against Tampa Bay, which is such a great matchup. I mean, their secondary is kind of just falling apart all season. So uh, how do we feel about these guys? Cause I, I think realistically I would probably have them. I, I, I don't know if any of them are must starts like, like maybe Drake London, Scott, maybe, or maybe. No, well, you know, start him as a wide receiver three, but, 
He'll have a good game every once in a while, and then he'll be mediocre for a few weeks. Yeah, Not somebody I feel confident about putting in a winning lineup every week. Uh, I do have him in Scott Fishbowl, where I'm still alive. In the fourth, oh, let's in the fourth go. Week of, fourth it. week of the playoffs, the last the last team from the Shake Shack division standing. Uh, oh. So, so uh, you know, but with London, I don't have a lot of confidence he can build on last week. Pitts has been a disappointment again, but somebody will draft him next year thinking he's the next Travis Kelsey because it happens every single year. But with Desmond Ritter quarterback, I know Desmond Ritter had a great game last week, but that shows how bad the Tampa Bay pass defense is, as you've indicated. Drake London confidence meter, four. Kyle's Pitts, four. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to sneak one more in for you, Eric. Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs. Jaden Reed's been kind of a monster out there. Honestly, reminds me a little bit. And I know people are like giving him the mini Debo comp, but like it kind of reminds me of like what Debo did his rookie year and like flash real late and kind of came on real quietly. And all of a sudden was like, whoa, Debo's kind of a must start here down the stretch. And that's kind of what Jaden Reed is here. Career high 14 touches on Monday night football, double digit PPR points in six of his last eight games, 15 in four of his last five. He's wide receiver 12 in that span. It's been impressive. I think if he's healthy, he's a must start for me. How do you feel, Eric? Yeah, so as soon as this week, uh, Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed are the benefactors of that juicy matchup against the Buccaneers. So you, you like to see that, um, you know, a, a little a little bit of a tougher out against Carolina and then close out the season against the, the Vikings, which is, you know, kind of league average in terms of their ability to, to defend the pass. I, I think with, with Reed, he's, he's kind of showing us an example of how rookie wide receivers have historically kind of come on right like we've been yes. spoiled Old in the last school. few years with these rookies just coming in and exploding immediately um so it's it's nice to see the progression there's there's a lot to be optimistic about around that you know i've been a dobbs guy for the entirety of the season and the off season he's much more of that steady possession receiver type they do go to him a fair amount in the red zone and and throw throw him balls in the end zone so he does yeah. have that that scoring. He's a little touchdown like. dependent for me right now. I, 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 I mean, I, he's he's got to get in the box to have a have a ceiling game for sure. But his his floor is is pretty steady, right? And yeah. that's that's not nothing when you get into the into the fantasy playoffs. So for what's for what's Reed, the floor? Like, it's like it's it's been kind of mediocre. Like like four. For I feel 32. like I can't start him right now. Yeah. I, Romeo's tough, but maybe against Tampa Bay, though. Maybe that's the time. Oh, yeah. It, it, you know, maybe that is the time. I, I would, mean, it seems like they want to throw to Wicks or even Samari Toure. Yeah. Oh, Dobbs. man. We, you know, yeah. Amount, yeah. Dobbs has been mediocre. It's like it's touchdown or bust for I, him. Yeah. I, I honestly would say a one for Dobbs. I don't think I want to roster him, even if Watson's out. And where I was going. Romeo Dobbs, probably like what, Eric? Maybe a set, like an eight, like seven or eight like he's almost a lineup lock if he's healthy uh J- jade Reed, Reed, you mean. sorry sorry yeah. jade Reed, yeah I'd, I, would, I would have him in like the seven range for for dobbs i'd probably have closer to two and a half three right? like he'll 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 be on the field a fair amount he, he gets a decent number of targets but to to really really move the needle for you he's got to get into the end zone awesome awesome 
Well, I appreciate the analysis, guys. Let's go ahead. Let's answer some people's questions. Let us know in the chat how we can help you this week. And we're going to hop over to From the Forum. If you're up, stuck, think about what to do. Here in between, we got advice for you. Back and forth all day, trying to pick the play. Let's hear what the boys here had to say. Presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Network. All right, this from the forum presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Network. You Groove can check him out. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That's our that's our guy Nate Miller. He does all of our uh, our audio and our music on the show. So shout out to him. You can find him on streaming platforms at Ism. He uh, he tears it up for us. Um, but those of you new to the channel, the Fantasy Football Advice Network has been riding with us all season long as one of our favorite sponsors. We can't thank them enough for coming along for the ride. And what they are, guys, is a great platform for you to check out if you want direct access to analysts and also to other fantasy football enthusiasts. You should check them out. This is a platform that combines uh, all these apps like Discord, Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, I can't even have the, all those apps on my phone. Does I have enough storage? So uh, this takes all that, combines it in one place for fantasy football users. You should definitely check it out. It's free to join at fantasyfootballadvice.com. Awesome platform there. Um, so appreciate them powering this segment once again. And uh, let's start here with a question from D Nero one. I have both a Chan and Moster. Okay, maybe not a maybe not a, a question, but a, a scenario here. Uh, a comment, if you would, Scott. How do, how would you feel if you had both A Chan and Moser? Because I don't think like I don't I want to hate hate that. No, I'd start the two of them every week. It seems unusual, but it's probably but maybe them in Detroit with you the only uh, two situations where you can start both. You're not going to start Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no. sorry to take a shot at your team like that, but nah, you know, it's just right. true. You're not going to start McKinnon and Clyde Edwards Alaire for sure in any league, uh, you know, which is more of a joke than the actual <laughs> analysis. But you know, the Dolphins have had a premier running game throughout the whole season, and both of these guys can eat in any given week at the same time and that's because Tyreek Hill opens up everything else for the rest of the offense Raheem Mostert 16 rushing touchdowns I believe that broke Ricky Williams franchise record for rushing touchdowns uh, and he stayed healthy he's been fantastic a Chan anytime he touches the ball he can score from anywhere on the field you got both well good for you yeah, and uh, Tua almost, almost just barely missed A-Chan running down the seam there, Eric. Uh, could have been a huge 80-yard touchdown reception. So could have really flipped the switch. And Daenerys saying he started A-Chan yesterday. I still think I'm starting Moster over him just because the touchdown equity, Eric. Um, but like, can we try to get both of them in your lineup, you would think, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the the play at all, right? Like you, you want, you want to find ways to get into this Dolphins offense, um, and and this is a way to do it. You know, the the split over the last two weeks, it seems like their their intention is to is to to lean on Mostert more heavily, right? Uh, we saw a, about a sixty forty, uh, about a two third one third split last night. The Washington game where Devon Chan had far more uh, opportunity. A lot of that came two and a half quarters or so into the game with yeah. with Miami up pretty comfortably, yeah. right? So I think the game plan is going to be a little bit more Mostert. 
So he's, you know, he'll, he'll be the safer play on any given week. But I mean, even with that near miss that you mentioned a moment ago, right? Any given play, Devon Achan can, can blow a, a fantasy slate wide open. So I, I, I like, I like the idea of pairing those two up together. Yeah. Don't he's, be a- he's more likely to catch passes out of the backfield. Yes. Kind of- mm-hmm. <laughs> even them out. Yeah, don't be afraid to rip the doilies, De Niro. One time I rode uh, Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard the whole way to the fantasy championship. I ended up losing Dude. that, but it, w- it wasn't wow. their fault. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, here's a question for a guy at Lucius. He's saying, great show, guys, for playoffs week 16, 17. Who do you like more, Bills or Broncos? Okay, so we're going to the Bills here first. How do we feel about it? Anyone? I, I don't know. I, I feel like you can't have the much. Bills confidence. have a very good matchup in Week 16, don't they? Chargers, Chargers. Yeah. They're gonna have Easton Stick and yeah, Patriots yeah. for the championship. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'll fuck with that. I can get down down with that. Alex Anzalone, uh, kind of been in and out of the lineup a little bit. I think that's kind of been been hurting things. Um, if he can have some more consistent play, may, maybe they get back back in form a little bit. And then who are we looking at for the matchups of the Broncos next two weeks? It's it's actually identical. So the uh the the Broncos have the inverse matchup oh, for no sixteen no and shit. seventeen. They have the Patriots and the Chargers. Um, so for for me, I mean, I I think the the Bills defense is uh, is a bit more talented than the the Broncos side. Um, and uh, I mean, these this is the Buffalo team that's that's playing. Buffalo has so many injuries, though. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. They're it, they're always navigating it, right? But. I, at least for me, I mean, who's going to get like more Buffalo's sacks and turnovers? That's what outside. it comes down to. That's that's always that's always a deal with with DSTs, right? You gotta you gotta try to find that turnover. That's that's what potentially leads to a score. That's what moves the needle. So both these guys, both these teams, I should say, are in fantastic spots for a sixteen and seventeen. I I would lean slightly to the Buffalo side. Scott, do you lean more Broncos then? It's almost like a draw for me, but yeah. With all the injuries that Buffalo has on defense, and here's the thing with backup quarterbacks, we can't assume that Easton Stick sucks because yeah. everybody is the New York assumption is the backup quarterback sucks. But look at Brock Purdy, look at what Geno Smith did last year, which should be a backup to Russell Wilson. Look at Jake Browning. It's more that the Chargers are unpredictable mm-hmm. than than. Like the backup quarterback is unpredictable when we haven't seen him a lot of them. It doesn't mean it'll suck. You know, he could it could end up looking like Mitch Trubisky. He could end up looking like Brock Purdy. So I would probably lean towards Denver because they get New England first, and we don't know how good Stick is going to look or not. So mm-hmm. I'll lean towards more of the matchup that I know first. Yeah, it's really tough. I think either way, you're going to be in good shape, Lucius, um, with, with these matchups coming up. I would say, I, I think when, it, when it's all said and done, I think more people are going to go to the Bills. Um, I, I think they might just be the, because everyone wants to add, you know, the Sean McDermott defense. So I think more people will congregate there, but the Broncos have actually scored double digits in two of the last three games. So I think I am with Scott here. I think I would just slightly prefer the Broncos, but very close for me. And, uh, and great question as well. We appreciate it. You have to remember uh, one thing about the Broncos and the Chargers too. That's a divisional game for them. Yeah, it's a good point. So, and they, they know the offense. 
the other team better. And sometimes in divisional games, the score gets held down a little more. Yeah. Appreciate the questions, Lucius and Danero. Hope you guys are subscribed to the channel. Come back and hang out with us again. And we got Daniel in the chat. Panic meter on DeAndre Swift's ability to generate 13 to 15 PPR points a week through the playoffs at Seattle, the Giants in Arizona. So opens up to a pretty nice schedule here down the stretch, Eric. But I'm pretty scared of DeAndre Swift. He was my sit of the week at the running back position. In week number 14, it came to fruition. He was a fantasy football loser in our article we dropped on Monday as well. There's not a lot to like here when he's not getting the targets. The tush push is going to take any touchdown equity away if they get onto the one or the two. Panic meter, confidence, confidence meter, one. One for me. Any difference from you, Eric? Yeah, specifically to the prompt of getting... 13 to 15 points um you know it's it's got to be pretty low confidence uh, a, a lot of it boils down to him him not getting a ton done in the receiving game over these last three four games right like mm-hmm. you know the, the the touchdown equity is is in jeopardy every single week um it, it, I'm, I'm not quite sure how they do it but philadelphia yeah. seems to always end up on the one yard line <laughs> and that that score yeah. obviously always goes to to jalen Hurts. so you know, it's it's hard for him to, to get into the box. And if he's not going to catch, you know, three, four balls in a given week, he's he's going to have a tough time getting to, to that 15-point mark week over week. Any love for, from you, Scott? Because I'm good on Swift. I, I, I don't want to start him the rest of the way at all. The schedule's pretty good, but 13 to 15, you know, you're asking for a ceiling more than you offer a yeah. floor. Uh, I'm kind of glad I made this trade in the Kings Classic a few weeks ago. I traded uh Charbonnet, CJ Stroud, and Swift for Bijan and Brees Hall. Oh my god. That'll do. That yeah. is why you're the inaugural FSWA Hall of Fame inductee, Scott. That's that's some gangster shit right there, yeah, my but friend. The gangster just sweeps sweeps <laughs> into the playoffs. So <laughs> hey, uh, a win is a win. Uh we got one from George play here. What's up, George? Good to see you again tonight, man. Tua or Fields this week. Uh, well, you guys know my my answer on this. I'll, I'll hand it to you, Scott. A- a- any any interest in getting away from Justin Fields? He's just been so damn good lately. Uh, I need to see the matchups here. Matchup like, matchup is. I haven't even looked. Matchup is. Matchup right, yeah, we're in Cleveland uh, for Chicago, and then Tua. I believe where where are we at for Tua, Eric? Is uh, Tua's at the Jets? Yeah, I can't play two against the Jets. Yeah, I'm good, yeah. especially without Tyreek, 100%. I, we don't know if Tyreek's going to be out or not. He's day-to-day. But still, uh, I, I'm going to go with Fields. I know it's a tough passing matchup, but he can run the ball for sure. So, you know, two doesn't have this mo- that mobility. It's kind of funny when you actually see him scramble. Like, what's he doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more mobile than Marino, but he's still not that mobile. <laughs> Like a young Big Ben out there. Uh, no, but Big Ben was like, he would break the pocket. He would, you know, et cetera. It's I'm trying to remember who they compared to Ben. Like, oh, they said Josh Allen was, he's kind of like Roethlisberger, but he's yeah. mobile. Yeah. You know, but you know, Roethlisberger would break the pocket. They actually throw on the run. You know, two is just like stick in there, left, you know, like <laughs> right. stiff. Yeah, tough, tough matchups for both of them, but 
fields over these last take, three take games. Take the running quarterback in the tight. 18, matchup. 12, and 12 rushing attempts, right? So that, that rushing yeah. floor is, is a difference maker. It's safe. It's safe. Last question here. Uh, time to drop Alexander Madison. This is over from the Fantasy Football Advice Network. Jay Mazzudio is curious about this. And it's a very interesting case here, I think, gentlemen, because we don't know the timeline of the ankle injury. If it's a high ankle sprain, like some fear it might be, uh, who knows when we get Alexander Madison back, but he could be back a lot sooner. Um, Cincinnati, Detroit, and the Packers. Since he not a great matchup against running back as they were a couple weeks ago, now they've become more of a pass funnel. Detroit haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher all season, uh, but you can score touchdowns against them three in the last four games for running backs. And then the Packers, they're a good matchup. So, Maybe interested in holding him on uh, on to him for that potential Week 17 Packers matchup in the championship, Scott? Yeah, I don't cut a player just because he's hurt, especially if I haven't identified somebody. It's not like you're saying to me, should I cut Alexander Madison Mm -hmm. for Deontay Foreman? Should I cut Alexander Madison for Chase Brown? I don't cut players just to cut them, especially when they're starters. And he could return in a week or two. Uh, respectfully, I don't mean any offense, you know, to, to the, the question here. I think it's short-sighted to cut a player when he's injured and you end up making a mistake. Mm-hmm. It all dep- it depends on context. Who, who are you cutting them for? But at the same time, if it's – I don't know it's a high ankle sprain yet, I'm keeping him on my roster. His options, Taysom Hill, Josh Palmer, Wandale Robinson, Jahan Dotson, Kenneth yeah. Gainwell, yeah. all on the waiver wire. Not yeah, you gotta you gotta keep Madison. You just don't you don't cut an injured player just because he's hurt and he can't help you this week. You know, you mm-hmm. you hopefully stay in the line. It's like Taysom Hill, Kenneth Gainwell. You know, it's there's nothing out there that I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I th- I think I'm with you there. Any difference from from you, Eric? No, um, we'll we'll have to you know keep an eye on the on the wire to see if we get an update on on his injury status, but. I mean, Madison slowly over the last few weeks. I mean, he's 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 got a stranglehold on the volume in his backfield, and he's been getting a little bit more efficient. Four point five yards per carry three games ago. Yeah, five point two, then six point six last week against Las Vegas before he got hurt. Right, so you know, I mean, you, you miss him for a game or two, maybe, but when when he's back out there, specifically in that matchup in the championship game against Green Bay, if he's going to get the lion's share of the the, the work there. And he's getting more and more effective. I mean, he's he's a nice piece to have having the holster in week seventeen. Alexander Madison, from a pure viewing perspective, he runs like his hair on fire, and I've never seen any running back run with such intensity to gain four yards. Shot out of a cannon. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just you know he's he's decent. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to lose his job like everybody else did, but. You know, you look at him and like, like, oh, you look so determined. And then you're like, Madison for three. <laughs> you know, it's <just> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm that high energy <laughs> plotter. Three yards. Yeah. Uh, All this effort for three yards. Yeah, he uh, doesn't have the, the the best endurance, so we can just say that um, for sure. Let's go ahead, guys. Well, he's Let's, a professional uh, athlete better endurance than any of us. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I get winded walking to the pizza counter. <laughs> hey, get get me out there on, uh, you know, I'm no Bob Harris on the Peloton, 
I, I, I haven't raced Bob Harris on the Peloton, but I hear he's quite fast. Um, however, I'm boogieing. I'm boogieing out there. So uh, I, I got that endurance. I don't have that speed, but I'm going to keep pedaling out there. I'm going to keep it going. Love it. All right, let's go ahead and let's round out the show here with In the Scope and talk a little waivers and targets for after they run. I have the targets in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the Scope. All right. We're not going to walk you through the mainstream waiver wire targets tonight. You guys can check out the website inbetweenmedia.com and we have our in the scope article out there. We also have a waiver wire article from Monday you can check out as well. Um, but a lot of interesting names and people that if you need plug and plays, they're there. If you need some stashes, also there. Um, we usually on this segment, what we like to do is talk about the players who you can get after waivers run. Maybe you're tapped out on fab. Maybe you've emptied the wallet already, or maybe you're just trying to save it for down the stretch here. Eric, is there a player that you're interested in uh, to potentially grab here after this initial waiver wire clears? Yeah, it's um, it's going to feel kind of gross, um, and he should largely be be available to you after, after waivers run or for next to nothing if you want to put a bit in tonight. But uh, Jonathan Mingo. Uh, he's rostered in about 17% of leagues over these last two games. He's had nine and 10 targets respectively. Basically he's, he's had, um, he's been on the field for the entire game starting in week six. He's 92% plus, uh, uh, snap share eight targets is, is his average over the course of that, that stretch of games. And specifically in that last game, I mean, it, it wasn't the best fantasy outing, but he had 150 plus unrealized air yards. That is, one of the the stats that is most prone for regression, right? They're still right. going to him down the field. He had that forty five yard walk in touchdown that that um, that that young overthrew him on, right? So you know this is a guy that you can you can stash on the back end of your bench. You can get him for pennies on the dollar, if not free. And if if they continue to make him a, a point of emphasis, he he might have might have a little bit of upside for you on the back end of your bench. A little juice, a little juice if Bryce Young can get it done. Um, Scott, any any thoughts here on Eric's call of Jonathan Mingo and anyone you might be interested in after waivers run, uh, whether you're plugging and playing him this week or stashing him here for week 16 or 17? Yeah, with Mingo, I hope he's right because I got him on my NFFC bench. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are going to get scared off of Noah Brown because he's coming off mm-hmm. of two shutout games. Mm-hmm. You know, the first game he came back from the knee injury, the second game, bad weather against the Jets. Somebody's got to step up here. And as much as I love Josh Hayes, my co host on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, he's like, well, if Dell and Collins are out, you got to pick up Robert Woods. Oh, I'm no. Like, I'm like, I, I don't want Robert Woods in an AFC South only league. Okay, you can't sell me on a guy with <laughs> negative yardage this past week. Uh, I'm sure he's a good NFL player, good for his teammates, but fantasy wise, I got no part of him. Noah Brown's gotta step up. Uh, week weeks nine and ten, three hundred twenty-five receiving yards, big package of speed, downfield ability. Uh, I I think you know if Shroud is out this week, st- still Davis Mills might get him the ball and somebody's got to step forward in this. 
this passing game with all the injuries. I think it's going to be Noah Brown. If not, it might be John Mechie. You know, yeah. on the radar. It's not going to be Robert Woods. Robert Woods will have five catches for 10 yards. <laughs> I'm 100% there with you, man. Uh, I got off that Robert Woods train. Like, actually, I added him after week one. I missed out on all the, all the Tank Dell fun because I went to my waiver wire and I took Woods over him. So uh, I learned my lesson I caught early. him in the Kings Classic. That's a huge 14-team uh, yeah, expert yeah. league, and I didn't want him. Yeah, he's a... Uh... He's a little dusty. Um, I will throw out two real quick for you guys to, to round out the show. Tucker Craft, Luke Musgrave, probably not coming back th- this year as, as far as the reporting is going. And it's pretty much all Tucker Craft in the tight end uh, room right now, running just under 100% of routes uh, the last couple weeks here. 17.1% target share in week 13. That's kind of what we want for a tight end. Those upper teens, low 20% target share. And then this week, didn't quite get into that range, but did catch all four of his targets for 64 uh, yards. Really good matchup here. In uh, in week number four or fifteen, it's a uh, Tampa Bay going to be a top five matchup for him. So, a little interest in Tucker Craft, and then the man of the hour, the man of the moment. I'm serious about this. I, I Tuck Tommy DeVito might be a guy. Like he might be a guy. We had Scott here mentioning Lynn Sanity, and like that's kind of the vibe I'm getting around him. And I think definitely in Superflex, he's probably rostered by now, but. You could consider him in super flex if you need a guy in week 16 and 17. Eagles, best matchup for quarterbacks, not only on the season, but the last month. And then the Rams, a top five matchup as well. Tommy DeVito, if you need him, even in a one quarterback league, I'm interested here. No, not at all, Scott. No, no, no. Uh, respectfully, that's that's getting too cute. DeVito's a nice story, but like I said, as we've seen with Josh Dobbs, Sometimes these backup quarterbacks can wow us and then they get film on them. And, you know, you want to be able to say, Hey, I want my fantasy league with Tommy DeVito. Yeah. But you know, then, then, then it's probably getting too cute. You don't want to start him in a one quarterback league unless you lost Justin Herbert, you know, or something like yeah, that. that. Okay. There, yeah, but it's like, uh, you know, we're going to get, exp- you're going to, you're going to, you're going to stir up questions from less experienced fantasy players. Hmm. Two are DeVito this week. And like, <laughs> I, I just I can't do that regardless of the matchup. He's been fun, but you know, I'm not I'm not gonna go overboard with it. It's okay. kinda like like when people a few years ago had all this fun with Gardner Minshew when he was just turned out to be good enough to lose with. Yeah, I that's kind of the vibes you get with him, honestly. A Gardner Minshew S vibes, like a Tim Tebow during that run, I think back in two thousand ten. Like that's yeah. kind of the the, the the vibes we're getting. Scott saying stay clear. Eric, any interest in one in quarterback DeVito and one QB for you, like down the stretch, if you're desperate in 16 or 17. It's the Eagles, man. They can't stop anybody. Any interest. Yeah, I mean the the Eagles have been a phenomenal matchup to opposing passing games in general. But I, I mean realistically, in, unless you're in the most dire of straits there's very likely a better option out there for, for Tommy DeVito. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's popped, right? Like he, he had that Washington game where he was chucking all over the fields. He had three scores, like, you know, that, that quote unquote type of ceiling that, you know, low 20 ceiling is, is there, but the likelihood that he gets, gets to that ceiling 
even in these plus matchups is is still pretty low right so washington's like, worse if, than philly yeah yeah ex- exactly right and like if if you're if you're in a super flex and you you know you've lost herbert and you're without stroud this week and you just need someone to you know to plug in there i, I think devito can do it I, I i think he's he's got a he's got a decent enough role in in terms of how they use him but he's just he's got to have so many things go right to really move the needle from a fantasy perspective Tommy Cutlets, baby. I yeah, I might be I might be riding the hype train a little much. I I, I agree. I, um, Scott, you ever see a guy like that? Did you see who his agent was? You, you think that was a little fugues going on there? Yeah, I guess you know he he was he was playing into the role. You know that was that was interesting. I was just like, oh boy. <laughs> 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 It's like there's a stereotype of New Yorkers that will forget about it. It's like, yeah, I don't know anybody that says forget about it. Eric, give us forget about it. You got it. You got it. You got a little accident. If Kyle I got a little here. forget about it in the locker. Yeah, that's, I mean that's about as about as close as we can get. Forget about okay. it. Okay. There yeah, you guys say we can curse. It's like I don't hear anybody say forget about it. It's more like kiss my ears. You know. <laughs> We got one question. We're going to get out of here, guys. Appreciate all the support on the channel tonight. Thank you guys so much for uh, hanging out with us. Uh, Jelly Month, have a bye. His tight end, Fryermuth, week 16 versus Cincinnati. And Goddard, drop one to grab Isaiah Likely. I'd rather start Likely with the matchups and just Baltimore needing to score than, than try to trust Fryermuth with, with Mitch here. Uh, Scott, you, you already gave us your uh, your Mitch Macaroni promo earlier. I take yeah. it you don't want to go back to Fryer Moose yeah, either. I don't, I don't want Fryer Moose with Macaroni, Mitch. I, <laughs> I'd rather have Kraft. <laughs> oh, well, guys, we will go ahead and end it there. Uh, easiest way to support us here in between media is subscribe to the channel. Come back, hang out with us again. We have a lot of great content for you the rest of the NFL season. Eric and I are live on Tuesdays at 9.30 Eastern time and then again on Friday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. Eric, you can also find him over at Green Screens Media. He is cashing tickets right now in that college basketball scene. And uh, pros with Joes. I didn't make the playoffs. Um, Scott, did you make the playoffs in pros with Joes? No. This is rigged. This is this is. Uh, it's a great cause and it's going to charity. But but what is this? This is this is rigged against us. I mean, not, look, not, not really. Uh, come on, I'm not going to complain. I'm not one who complains about the refs. You know, <laughs> people complain about the refs. Some officiating has been very bad, but usually, if you have to complain about the refs, you, you, your team didn't do enough to win anyway. So. Seven and six, seven and six. I had a winning record, but I, 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 I had a lot of injuries. You know, Anthony Richardson going down early really hurt me. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah, I feel that you. Was my, that was my story in Scott Fishbowl. Yeah. That's not rage. It's not like Eric went out there and tried to trip Anthony Richardson. Eh, right? Eh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. Eric does some pretty shady stuff behind the scenes, Scott. Uh, at, one thing that Eric is not as shady. That's yeah. Uh, that's a good. That's a good if, point. If I were to trip anybody, it would be a Colts player, though. But that's just my Texans fandom coming through. <laughs> Gardner, Gardner Minshew, Uncle Rico. What the heck are you doing, <laughs> Eric? Uh, tell us where we can find you on socials as well, and uh, then we'll tell the the, the great listeners uh, how to find Scott. Yeah, uh, all of my work rolls up into my Twitter, which is at Fantasy Nav. Uh, like you mentioned, Green Screens Media is where we're breaking down college basketball. 
We actually just locked in a live before lock show for tomorrow. So 6 p.m. Eastern. Ooh, okay. We're breaking down the DraftKings slate, Let's going do it. through all the games, answering your questions, building some lineups. It'll be a ton of fun. Hell yeah. And, and Scott, how can we best find you, my man, and support you and everything you're good doing from the Seahawks and Rotoballer and game day and everything you got going on, man? Yeah, check me out at thegameday.com. Uh, my waiver wire is up. Also, uh, gamedayfootball.com. You can check out my Sunday night betting preview at thegameday.com. I'll have my sleepers and butts, my prop bets over the next few days. Rotoballer, uh, enter King at checkout for a special discount on the season pass for the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And you get my lineup ranks and my lineup spotlights every week. Seahawks.com, my newest fantasy insider column up is uh, up now. Go to the news page, fantasy insider tab. You got all my my starts and my strategy pieces uh, for week 15. And also on the weekly Seahawks Insiders podcast, I dropped my fantasy picks. And Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Rotoball Radio every Saturday, 5 to 6 Eastern. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, we appreciate you being here, Scott. He's the inaugural FSWA Hall of Famer, Scott Engel. We appreciate you, Scott. Eric, thanks for being here with us as well. And all the IBT family members for checking us out. We'll be back later in the week. Until then, you know what to do. Keep it in between. (laughs) 